Welcome to Job Tales, the show where we find out about different professions from the people who know. Each week I speak to a new guest with a very interesting job. I'm Laura Leoncini and today my guest is Tyrell Flugel, a geographer by trade. On his LinkedIn profile he describes his job as a maker of maps. In our interview though you'll see that there's much more to his job and it's a very intriguing one. A couple of keywords that will spark your curiosity are remote sensing, GIS, water investigation, food security, data management. Carol, thank you. You are a geographer. Welcome to my podcast. I don't have a geographer yet, so I am very excited because I'll be asking you a few questions that I'm sure also the listeners have. You know, it's not often that we hear about a geographer, you know, like, what do you do? Oh, I'm a lawyer, I'm a mathematician, I'm a musician, but geographers doesn't come in, you know, too handy on, in, the, in the everyday conversation. So how did you pick your job? Thanks, Laura. Yes, the geographer part is, there's very few people who are call themselves geographers as a job title, but there's a lot, I think there's a lot of us who have it as a career. And um, for me, the, the the interest is always, geography allows you that nice big perspective about what's going on. It's not just about the physical earth or the people, it's a combination. And that's, um, those relationships between everything was always interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Just, you look at a landscape, and you wonder how it happened or you wonder why cities built here and not somewhere else, those type of things. So just out of curiosity, I suppose. Out of curiosity. So is, are you that kind of, were you the kind of kid that could tell you, you know, where every river was in the world, if you look, looking at the world map or even not looking at it and no, you know, where was Australia? What was the capital of Madagascar and all that? Yes, I, I enjoyed a lot of that. Um, what people think of as like classical geography, like maps and places and names of places. It was always fun to like, mm. you know, oh, did you know the longest river is the Nile, but the biggest river is the Congo, you know, that type of thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> They're super. So because I'm, I'm wondering, you know, like, how do you get your interest in, in geography? And also, like, what I'd like to know is, you know, besides for your, you know, initial interest, and then when you got actually into the studies, what was then the difference between what you studied and then what you do today? Like, is it what you were expecting to do, having studied geography? No, not quite. So the, I was lucky in um, my geography undergraduate at university was very broad. So we actually kind of got a sense of everything. So we had courses that dealt with people and how people construct their place in the world and um, courses on how rivers and landscapes form and how you represent those um, items on a map and how you how you can relate to people in space. So my interest in during the undergrad phase was always more leaning more towards landscapes and how they came about, just simply because it's a bit cleaner than having to deal with people. Dealing with people can be um, challenging. So mm-hmm. that's and I I realized fairly early on just looking around that you know no one was really calling themselves a geographer in the job titles or no one would introduce themselves at that. So what I did focus on there was actually making sure some of the techniques that we use to represent um, people in space and all those things like so GIS, digital mapping. I saw there's a lot mm. of jobs in those. So it's kind of like the tools of the trade is where a lot of the um, advertised jobs were about. So that was always mm. a bit different. So uh, yeah. what did you study uh, when you had your you know, geography major? What, what subjects did you study? So it was a com- like it was a combination. Um, and there was a, for me, it was some ecology, some physical geography, so how um, soils form 
and how landscapes form. And then also some what in South Africa we often refer to as human geography. So, so how people interact like with society and conservation and not necessarily um, issues around hmm. the actual hard-nosed part of conservation, which I was getting out of ecology, but more how people interact with nature reserves. And um, in South Africa, there was a history of disposition of people outside of these areas that now are considered wilderness and how those have created um, tensions and conflicts. Like I said, I, I consider it was a very lucky geography degree. I've seen other universities with a much more narrow focus where they make you choose very early on that by third year, you will be a person who specializes in maps and by or person who specializes in a urban planning or a person who specializes in something very much more specific. Okay. So I didn't know, yeah, there, there could be like an interaction aspect with, with geography. You know, I was specifically thinking, you know, you are you and the landscape or you, you and, and the earth or, you know, the rivers and as a, as a geographer. And uh, also I have a bit of maybe confusion because I'm not in the, in the field between a geographer and a ge uh, geologist. And uh, what, what is the main difference between the two jobs? The confusion isn't uh, you're not in the field. If you ask the geographers what the, <laughs> or geologists what the differences <laughs> are, um, okay. there's still very much ongoing discussions about what subjects belong to who. Because right. there was, yeah, so a lot of the geology people will study more like how rocks formed in terms of their processes and or mining applications or resource management in terms of mining. So much more what many people would you know, with quote, big quotation marks around it, say the harder sciences like geochemistry, the makeup of rocks or ore deposits, how crystals form and how gold comes out of rocks and where to mine them. And that's a lot of what hmm. the geologists will say they focus on or water chemistry or things like that. Whereas geography is often seen more as the human side or the environmental side. So there's a lot of emphasis nowadays on human environmental interactions so how people are being affected by climate change or how cities can be better hmm. designed for people to feel more comfortable in the city and be resilient to climate change um so more of a resource human interaction focus is what a lot of the geography i'm seeing um, nowadays is more focused on i see and so coming out of uh, university right how did you find your first job it's a rather funny so I actually, I don't often, I, at that stage, I, I seldom bought uh, a Sunday newspaper. So in South Africa, we have a quite a well-known Sunday newspaper. And I just bought it on a whim and I was just paging through because that was back then, people still advertised quite a bit for jobs in the paper. And I saw a job advert for a lecturing position at one of our oh. universities in okay. the paper. And this wasn't like, this was 2012. So it wasn't, we're not talking about you know, 50 years ago. And I actually, without knowing anyone, anyone there, I wrote in an application, put everything in an envelope and sent it off and they got interviewed and they hired me as a lecturer to teach mapping and how to interpret satellite imagery for them. Uh-huh. Okay. So it was put on your subject. Uh -huh. That's great. Oh, by, by chance and, and, and even with non-digital <laughs> media. <laughs> <laughs> which in 2012, yeah. you know, like uh, it was already, you know, 10 years, what was it, 12 years ago, it was already uh, very digitalized, you know, to find a job and look for a job, yeah. right? 
most jobs were online or email submissions or, you know, it was just really, right. um, yeah. so quite a bit of luck in that one, I think. Yeah. Awesome. And, um, yeah. How long did you, did you uh, work as a lecturer? Uh, in total, I worked for four and a half years, almost five years as a lecturer. Mm -hmm. And that was focused on using digital mapping and satellite imagery and to help people understand the environment or make uh, plans on the environment. Um, and also like water resource management was quite a big thing. So how people influence the available water that we have and also how the water we have, the availability of the water is also determined where people settle. So that interaction, it's not just a, it's not just a one-way street. There's an interaction between how the environment acts on you and how you act on the environment. And mapping is a brilliant way to see that. Yeah, it's a fantastic. Yeah. Also, water is uh, such a such an important resource in South Africa and Africa in general. It's a, it's a precious mm -hmm. one. Did you lecture or did you study, let's say, also on the uh, you know what how the new um, the digital world, you know, the new technologies such as AI, um, virtual reality, and so forth affect the mapping and affect the job of a geographer. Do you see like new jobs arising? Yes, I think it's been really great. Basically, it's made everyone a geographer by default. Uh, I'm of the opinion everyone's a geographer. Uh, when I used to lecture, I would say, well, if you've made it to the class, it means you've been able to read a map. You're all geographers already. So, you know, we're just going to deepen your skills. And things like Google Earth and Google Maps and having people with their phones being able to just load a map on and navigate with your phone I think has just almost made geography so every day that people forget it's actually a, it can be entire specialization. And the role of technology has been incredible. From that to now, you can drive, you know, Google Earth, I mean, Google Street View, you can drive down cities, you can travel the world virtually. Yeah. Colleagues of mine are teaching their students on virtual field trips. They don't go, they don't have to leave their classrooms. Um, really? It was a big thing. Yeah, it was a big oh. thing during COVID that some people mm. were able to, do the entire field trip online on the computer or with a VR headset and learn about the landscape from the comfort of your armchair. It's amazing. Yeah. So you can do actual studies also, you know, not, not moving from your home or from your classroom. Yes. There's actually a very big tradition of so-called armchair geographers. People just, you know, collate armchair. everyone else's information. Yeah. They, they sit there and they're kind of at the center of um, information flows and then they will synthesize a whole bunch of other people's um, field-based work and then they put it together and they <laughs> see patterns that you can't see when you're in the field or too close to what you're studying. Ah, excellent. Yeah, that's that's very fascinating indeed. Do you feel that um, being on the field is is important for for your you know job as a geographer? Not necessarily as a lecturer, but as a geographer? Yes, uh, I think for anyone who's interested in geography, just having that field experience, you can learn a lot about whatever you're studying, but also about how you interact, that like experiential learning is very important. And even if fieldwork is not your thing and you want to be in a air-conditioned office behind a computer, which is great, it's just that exposure, at least at some point during your career, is to me very important. It can be very important, easy yeah. to forget that. Yes. And, and also it's easy to forget sometimes that, you know, that line you are drawing on a map behind a computer, it actually might affect someone's everyday life because you've mm. just put a road through their house. So it's, yeah, I think it's quite important to keep that point. connection. Yeah, mm. for sure. I mean, I, this is what I would think 
if I had to choose the, 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 the profession of a geographer, the, the amazing thing would be to be just to be outdoors all the time because, you know, geographer and I deal with landscapes and I, I deal with lands and rivers and mountains. So um, when you said landscape, what do you mean exactly? You know, we wanted to concentrate on landscape. So it, it really depends on your question. So for me, often when I say landscapes, it would be, I'm talking more about the physical environment. So the rivers, the mountains, okay, and how, you know, the stage that everything acts upon. That to me is more of the landscape type of thing. And then, you know, if you're studying a city, you'd maybe refer to it as a cityscape or something else. But yeah, the landscape is very much, I think what a lot of people, like you, like you pointed out, um, think as geography, you know, outdoors, mm -hmm. um, yeah, seeing it, getting sure. sunburnt, getting wind, getting rained on, you know, fighting with the elements. What was the next opportunity you got after you, you worked as a lecturer? So the, the next opportunity is I started working for a water resource consultancy. And once again, what they hired me for was for the technical ability. So the making of the maps, the taking lots of information, being able to put it together, simplify it and make it understandable or see a pattern that we can you know, plan with. But yeah, then I kind of made my own space because that's fun, but there's also so much more to geography. So, you know, got involved mm -hmm. in other projects, wrote proposals, got involved in pro projects, interviewing farmers and going around and seeing how they map out their environment and what they think is important for them to being, you know, also out in the middle of nowhere and measuring the landscape, measuring where a river is or where something important in the landscape is. In your experience, uh, do geographers get involved in um, jobs that relate to urban urbanization? Uh, is there also a lot of a lot of work outside the the urban perimeter? That's the great thing about geography. You can kind of work to the point wherever you want to. So if you're more inclined to being outdoors, um, a number of the people I studied with, they ended up working in nature reserves and mapping out where animals are and trying to understand movements of animals throughout the nature reserve to help with the management and conservation of the species. Hmm. Or another guy I know, he literally was just driving around Southern Africa and making sure that maps were right by remapping roads and checking that the bridges were there and you know that the roads were still usable. So you can be very much outdoor and that's still very much needed in um, a lot of places. But obviously, you know, cities are important. Lots of people live in the city. There's lots of issues there as well. So mm. a lot of people go for cityscapes or city studies as well. And then, you know, either interview the people and do wonderful studies about. I saw a presentation. Um, they mapped out the smells of a city over time. The and smells? So, yeah, how the city smells at different oh. day, times of day. And they kind of related that to illegal pollution. So people were letting off fumes when they shouldn't be and having illegal factories. Or then people mapping out how, how noisy a city is and where it's the loudest at what time and all those type of things. So it's, there's, it's not, yeah, it's, mm, you can make it up as you go along. It's a very, it can be a yeah. very creative um, Very field. creative. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's, uh, that's fascinating for sure. And when you look for a job in the, you know, as geographer and uh, what kind of, Keywords should you be looking, watching out for? Because I imagine some jobs, like you were saying, like are hidden behind other words or other other job titles, right? Typically, if you type in geography, geographer, the only jobs that will come up are to be a 
teacher at a high school or teacher at a primary school or to teach at a university. Um, there's very few. So it would be more kind of, I would say you'd have to try and think hard. Like, so if you were interested in food security, you would actually search for jobs with yeah. food security. And then as a geographer, you would bring in that spatial component and understanding how people and the environment interact to that job. And that would be like one of your strengths. But then if you were more into conservation, you might actually say something like rangeland management and mapping or GIS and remote sensing. Or So mm. those keywords, almost like almost like the what your job action would be. It's almost like more verbs, I suppose. <laughs> okay. And uh, what are you doing today? What is your job today? So today I'm still at the water consultancy. I'm still doing water investigations, water-related investigations. Mm -hmm. And also what's become a very big component of my day-to-day -day job in the last couple of years is information, dealing, handling information. So we've got so many sensors nowadays and so much information, it's actually overwhelming. So it can be very easy to lose data. And if you don't have data, you can't make valid observations. And so it's to ensure that yeah. that's, I've, I've, yeah, I've been trying to solve that problem to make the mapping and the observations a lot more effective. So it's, I still do what I like to do, but I've also had to do some extra work that might not have been what I wanted to do. <laughs> okay. I guess it's a compromise that you need to do. And yes. talking, talking about compromises, what else would you say that you need to be prepared to compromise on if you want to follow this route, professional route? I think the big thing for me is, would be you'd have to compromise on just accepting that you're never going to know everything and you need a team. So it's some other fields you can study and you become can become like the expert on that hmm. field. But um, for me, a lot of the geographers are more like generalists. So you'd often have to be willing to listen to other people and kind of you know, compromise on that in terms of if you're trying to be an expert in something, I think you are setting yourself up for failure. You can just be very, very good at what you do, but you're still going to have to probably ask someone who's a very much a specialist in that particular problem you're trying to solve because you mm, move around okay. for a lot of problems. Yeah. So you kind of need other people in order to fulfill your job. Yes. Like I'm not a water chemistry expert. If I need to help yeah. understanding the results, I need to go and speak to one. Um, I'm not a urban planner. If I need help understanding what's going on, I should go to speak to one. And I think yeah. some people find that difficult from what I've seen. Okay. Uh, interesting. So what kind of profile should you have if you wanted to be a geographer and what kind of person you know in terms of uh, skills and uh, maybe also personality would you would you say is ideal for a job like yours i don't think there's a beyond being curious and just having that curiosity to ask why is that there and being observant both just through what you see or what you hear would be the main skills you don't have to be if you are not a very gregarious person who wants to be talking to people every day, there's jobs in geography where you can just sit <laughs> behind a computer and you do everything digitally and you only ever see code. Yes. Right. <laughs> and you only, yeah, you only ever see the world through your computer and you can really enjoy yourself that way. But if you are someone who likes the human element, you can branch off into doing interviews with people or studying people, societies and talking to lots of people and, but being able to sit down and synthesize all that data together 
I'm trying to understand why is what you're seeing is happening. I think is that's the common denominator across that. Denominator. So there has to be a bit of scientific mind in it, or let's say liking data and processing data at some point in your career, because it's uh, there's a lot of that too, right? Yes. Yeah. So invariably, anytime you come back from the field, be it like uh, interviewing people or mapping out a river, you need to translate that into some representation. So then you start handling yeah. a lot of data. And depending on your specialization, it might just be spreadsheets and lots of spreadsheets or <laughs> graphs, or it might just be a lot of code and making up process and lots of very, very pretty pictures that tell a meaningful story. Do you think that with the advancement of technology, you know, the way, the way we're going, you know, if you look at uh, the big technological fairs like CES, where there's innovations galore and uh, where, where also there is a bit of, you know, being afraid at maybe the interaction or the, the need for, for men <laughs> and women doing a job might be fading. Do you see that as a threat also in your, in your career, in your line of work? Or do you think there will always be a need for human interaction and processing um, in, in your job? That's a tough question because it depends on how advanced the AI systems get. But I think for at least the next couple of hundred years, yeah. you'll need people just from what I've seen Machine learning and AI is very good at replicating or giving you a result on a problem that's similar to what's been seen before. But there's just so much novelty and new things out there. And, yeah. and that ability to go, oh, well, why are stop signs red and not yellow? Is there something, <laughs> could we have better traffic if we changed the color of stop signs and the placement of them? And that would, you know, map out a city that those type of things and that human interaction and problem solving in the field. If you're out in the middle of the bush and you've got no Wi-Fi signal and you've got no internet, that computer's not going to work. So you, you have to right. figure it out yourself. So I see the technology as just more of making, it can make you more effective so you can get to a answer quicker, Right. but someone still has to ask the right questions. And some yeah. of those questions are very, very difficult and it's not always a case of adding more data to the problem. Sometimes it's about removing data from the problem. And I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I can't see a computer doing that just yet. Just yet. Maybe <laughs> a couple of hundred years, we're still good. <laughs> we still yes. have our jobs. Job, job security <laughs> is guaranteed for quite some time. Job, job security, yeah. Yeah, you can apply. And, <laughs> and talking about <laughs> applying, you know, one last question is, uh, what advice would you give to some young listeners who want to do your job, you know, want to enter this line of work? There's multiple ways to get into geography, if that's what you're interested in. I mean, I, I know people who didn't do it at varsity, and they are very wonderful geographers because it comes, like, I'm still convinced everyone's a geographer. We just, you know, get a bit more keen on it. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think for me, yeah. it would be kind of finding a something you want to understand better. So for me personally, it was always around water and landscapes and for other people, it might be how a city is formed or they want to understand why you can find elephants in Africa and not somewhere else or what's going to happen with climate change. So kind of yeah. following your curiosity and it's not, a, it's not a linear progression. You might 
branch off somewhere. It might feel like a waste of time, but then all of a sudden in 10 years time, you will recall a conversation and you'd be like, actually now that's relevant to what I'm looking at now because it highlights a connection that I wouldn't have seen otherwise. Yeah, very good. So because I, I thought maybe you were going to say, you know, try to become specialized in one field, but actually seeing the opposite that you could, because you could, you could branch out in two years time into something totally different and then having a, a generic basis, uh, a basic knowledge will help you to jump from one, from one uh, branch to another. Yes, definitely. Like um, tools come and go and they change. And I mean, what I learned how to do mapping when I was a student, we don't do it that way anymore. Hmm. But mm -hmm. I, didn't learn, I didn't focus on the tool. I focused on the process. And so like the fundamentals of how to go about it. The tool you'll yeah. have to learn and relearn. And in five years time, I'll have to relearn how to do my job again. But um, yeah, hmm. it's more generic, I think, is the transferable yeah. skills is important. Nice. Thank you, Daryl, for your time. Uh, very fascinating job you have. <laughs> All the best <laughs> on the field so to you. <laughs> That was Tyrell Flugel, geographer. You'll find more episodes on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, as well as any of your favorite players. I'm always looking for new guests, so please send me ideas to jobtalespodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, see you next week for a new episode of Job Tales.